The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Awesome then they go to Baltimore. So that's a rough road trip for the Yankees to try to get back on top of the horse. We're going to talk about them. Uh, by the way, Deflategate is back. So everybody will be talking about... As if that needed to be a thing yes. anymore. That will be discussed until October 9th uh, when Tom Brady comes back into the fold against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Uh, Tom Brady will make his... A game where they probably don't need Tom Brady yeah, well, to Well, it'll be the return of Tom Brady against a uh, minorly broken RJ th- RG3, apparently. He always gets hurt. But, uh, yeah, so we got that to talk about. And Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson was not happy in Brooklyn his last season, and none of us knew that until now. Uh, Nets Daily, give them props for putting that out there. And we'll talk about that. But um, we're on Facebook Live, so this is kind of cool. I'm trying to find it here on our Facebook page. I have it up a little bit on my phone, and you can see oh, us talking to each other. Yeah. It's very nice. How about that? How come I can't see it over here? You might have to do a little refresh nozzle. It came up as a notification that Yes Network was live. So Okay, let's see. Um, this is on the fly, everybody. Mm-hmm. I apologize. You know, this is the first. Oh, there it is. There, there we go. go. So I'm going to get to see. Oh, we have 10 comments already. Look at us. How about it? All popular and whatnot. Uh, we need a sweep. Uh, Esco Rich Less says we need a sweep. Peter Bow, who will replace A-Rod? A-Rod. We're going we're to get to all that. We need to get Yes to be on Comcast, okay? Uh, Kathy Marino, uh, Wojcik. Hey, from New Jersey. Well, hey, back at you. What's up, Jesus Alonzo Vargas? Hi, TJ. How and Maritza Ruiz as and well. Maritza hello Ruiz, to you. Steve. Okay, we can't say hello to everybody. We'll be here all day just doing that. But let's let's talk about, you know what? Alex Rodriguez. Somebody brought it up. Good start. Um, Good way to start. Yeah. Uh, who will replace him? That's Peter Bowe. So, Peter... Here's what's happening. First of all, the MRI came back clean on Alex. We heard that last yep. night from Meredith Morakovitz. So he's traveling with the team to Texas. That's the good news. The bad news is, and, and something I read on Lohud, uh, our good buddy. Yeah, Chad, who actually got Chad. married this weekend, so shout uh, out to him. He was uh, Josh Thompson was filling in this weekend there you for go. Chad. But uh, Lohud, the beat writers were all pressed for time on Sunday, as you can imagine, waiting to go to Chad's wedding. <laughs> Made for an interesting post game. <laughs> yeah, don't go to extras uh, no. when there's a wedding around. Um, but Alex is with the team. Aaron Hicks is banged up. You need an extra person. And, you know, you, you don't want to be shorthanded. So with mm-hmm. both of those guys really unavailable, and when, when you're talking about an oblique, even though the MRI – was clean. That's never a good thing no. when you strain an oblique. No. Anytime you do anything to an oblique, it was stiffness was how it was termed. He had stiffness right. in his oblique. Now, I'm 35, almost 36. You're in your early 40s. We both play softball and or you baseball. play baseball in your yeah. time. You feel a little stiffness in your oblique from time to time or stiffness in other parts of your body. Because on, guys who aren't professional athletes like you and I, um, mm-hmm. when we strain something... Uh, we strain muscles that we didn't know we had. Right. So and, yeah. and it takes a few days for us to get over it, and we we you know should buy stock in Advil on those days. When a professional athlete does it, this is his day to day job. I play softball once or twice a week. You play you know once or twice a week. If we have a little bit of a minor injury or something like that, we can you know ice it, Advil, rest, whatever. A Rod can't do that. Mm-hmm. So here's the problem with this, especially being down Aaron Hicks. A Rod is 40 years old. He's hitting 145 this year. Right. He's 8 for 55 with six walks. 
he's not having a great season. So you wonder if he's maybe had a little bit of something in there for the last few days, a week. Who knows? The problem is, with Aaron Hicks unavailable to play, you don't necessarily have a backup outfielder outside of Dustin Ackley. So you can't necessarily just say, all right, well, we'll let Carlos Beltran DH a day. We'll give A-Rod the day off. Who are you going to put in the outfield? You're going to have three left-handed hitters in the outfield. Cole Hamels isn't pitching tonight for Texas. He's got a, a groin issue. Right. But you know they're going to call up a left-hander because that's what the Rays did. The Yankees can't sniff left-handed pitching right now. That's a problem if you have three left-handed hitters in the outfield. In the minors or the majors. We'll get to that. In, in the minors or the majors. The other thing about that is, again, you can't give guys a half a day off because who's going to play? If Tex gets a half day off, it's going to have to be Dustin Ackley at first base. If somebody else gets a half day off, maybe it's Torres fills in for one of the infielders, but you're not really taking anything out because he's a right-handed hitter. Castro's a right-handed hitter. Headley's a switch hitter. Didi's a left-handed hitter. You're not swapping anything out if somebody else gets a half day off. So the Yankees are kind of stuck, unless they want to play both McCann and Romine, which, again, doesn't necessarily solve the left-right issue and uses both of your catchers at the same time. Or what you can do is you can look down at uh, at Scranton-Wilkes-Barre, and since you brought up the catchers, let's start with Gary Sanchez. Since April 19th, Lou, he's batting 400. he He's got five extra base hits and four ribbies in his last six games. He raised his average from 156 to 250. He could catch, he could DH, and he's crushing right-handed pitching right now. He's at 300 down there, 11 for 37, just under 300. But against lefties, as we just mentioned, he's 2 for 15, batting 133. Uh, but you could bring him up, carry three catchers. Brian McCann can maybe play a little first, give Teixeira a day off, a half day. He could DH. Yep. You know, there's, there's options the Yankees have. Not only Sanchez, you have Aaron Judge. He could DH, he could play right, he could play left. Uh, there's only been three games so far this season, three games out of, I think, 16, where Judge was held hitless. He's batting 284 for the season down with Scranton. He's got two home runs, four doubles. Uh, he's another one that's doing well against righties, 15 for 45, but struggling against lefties, four for 22. Mm-hmm. That's a 182 average. Uh, he's 23. Sanchez is 23. Now, the other option the Yankees have, of course, and I saved the best for last because who wouldn't want to have Nick Swisher? Our good buddy Swish. Yeah, back up with the team. I went down there to Scranton and I talked to Swish. If you didn't see that on uh, the Yes Network over the weekend, we played it on Saturday and Sunday on the pregame show and a bit of it on the BP show. We're going to air the entire 15, 16 minutes of that sit-down interview later in our podcast, we're going to hook that up somehow later, either this week or next week, so you guys could hear the whole discussion we had, and it was great. I mean, how could an interview be bad? And you don't have to yeah. go in there with notes on Swisher. You know everything about him, and as long as you carry the conversation with questions, you'll see. It was great. So he's another option. He's played four games at DH for Scranton, five games at first base. He's 35 years old. He could play first base. He could DH. He's 7 for 17 as a DH, that's 411, and he's 6 for 17 as a first baseman, that's 3 for 52. Even more splits for everybody out there. 13 for 30 overall if you're counting, so that's still pretty good. 13 for 30 overall. He's 6 for 12 against left-handed pitching as a right-handed batter. He's 7 for 22 as a, against righties as a left-handed batter. So Swisher, who told me in that interview... When the Atlanta Braves cut him, it was like a gut punch. He was not expecting this. He's still collecting $5 million from the uh, Cleveland Indians. He's collecting $10 million uh, from the Atlanta Braves. He's with the AAA Scranton uh, Wilkes-Barre Yankees. He said on that trip, 
from Orlando back to Tampa where he was going home. It was an hour and a half drive. If anybody's done it, been to spring training, you know it's right on the head. And he was saying to himself, you know, he's 35. Is this the end? And he kind of convinced himself on that, look, he could have walked away. Swisher could have definitely walked away. What else does the guy have to prove? But he said there's something left in the tank. And I mentioned to him, it wasn't in the piece. You're not going to see it on YesNetwork.com. You're going to hear it when we air the whole thing on our podcast. But I kind of brought up that Rocky speech, uh, you know, from Rocky Six when Sylvester Stallone is telling his kid, you know, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. He said, what am I telling my daughter if I just quit and walk away when I know I still have a little fire in my gut to play the game. So you have him as an option too. Now he doesn't, he gives you the versatility Lou as a switch hitter in the lineup. However, defensive limitations, defensive limitations. Can you give Beltran a day off and put Swisher in right? Can you hide him in the corner of an outfield? I don't know. I mean, Beltran, he doesn't really get around that well in right field either. I mean, you can do something like that. But I don't know if that's where the Yankees want to go. The the circumstances, the problem is this. The problem is left-handed pitching. And you have to assume that Texas is going to find somebody who uses their left arm to throw things to pitch tonight, regardless of who it is. They have A.J. Griffin going in the middle game, and then they have Martin Perez on Wednesday. So that's two lefties if they bring up a lefty to pitch on Monday night. Nick Swisher gives you the versatility as a switch hitter. However, like you said, where can you hide him defensively? Dustin Ackley is your only left-handed hitter on the bench. He's really your only guy on the bench at this point if, if everybody's got to move around other than Torres. Ben Gamble would be an option. Jack Curry mentioned that on the postgame show yesterday. Ben Gamble would be a great option. Ben Gamble also hits left-handed. Now, Ben Gamble having never faced probably... Anybody he's going to see outside of maybe one or two relievers that may have been in AAA the last couple of years, <clears throat> you know, maybe that that's not necessarily an issue. But Slade Heathcott's on the DL. Cesar Pueo, who hit very well in spring training, was in camp until the end of spring training. He's on the DL with a concussion. So that sort of leaves Lane Adams and Aaron Judge and then Swisher as your only outfield-capable right-handed hitting options. The cupboard is very bare for what the Yankees need right now. And so on the one hand, you wonder, like, you know, you never want to say this, but if something actually had happened to A-Rod bad enough to make a roster move, might have been better off than just, I'm a little sore, Aaron Hicks, I'm a little sore. They can't afford to be, I'm a little sore as it is, let alone now with with this this left-handed barrage they're facing over the last week and this week. Before I say something about Alex Rodriguez, let me just, first of all, this is amazing. Niels Habracken. Hello from the Netherlands and Europe. That was almost walking esque. It's Niels, Niels Habracken. <laughs> but how you doing? Niels, how are you? It's great to have Europe aboard with us. This is awesome. Um, and the we this is this is a process. We're gonna have to get into this because I want to include the fans <laughs> in this podcast. So Deanna Makita, uh, she is like tremendously waving the pom poms. All to about bring putting Swisher. Swisher. Up. Yeah. So, so nobody knows Swisher hasn't played right field. Or, you know, anywhere other than the first base in DH. Brian Dale checking in from Alpharetta, Georgia. Brian Dale from Alpharetta, Georgia. <laughs> king of karaoke. Look yes, for them, he is uh, the kings of karaoke. Look for them in your local Alpharetta area yeah. on, on a weeknight. Um, Swisher hasn't played the outfield. And you don't know if he Not can, yet. given no. his knee surgeries. And you talked to him in the piece about his knee surgeries. Right. <clears throat> can you fit him out there for one game? I think he Probably. can. Ronald Torres played right field yesterday for the final inning. 
So uh, Brendan Ryan played right field for the first time in his career last year. Noah Lowry played right field right. for an I, inning years ago for the Giants when they ran out of position players and he, he didn't throw somebody out there. Is he the best option? No. No, but I think he could play right is field. Is he a better option than not having a right fielder? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes Although yes. Ellsbury and Gardner could probably play a functional two-man outfield if necessary, mm-hmm. especially against a very righty-hitting lineup. Now, but, as far as Alex goes... You know, he, you look at the raw numbers. He's batting 145 with two homers. He missed a home run the other day against Tampa by about maybe two and a half it, feet. It was if that. You were there. Uh, you were yeah, there for it that. Was, he did it yesterday as well. Same thing. Um, it's not like he's he, having bad at bats. He's having good at bats. He's just coming up short. He's he. Here's the thing about that. Yes, I believe it was against. Uh, was it against Blake Snell? Yeah, it was against Blake Snell Saturday. That ball went all the way to the wall and right. died, and right. it was caught right against the wall. Yesterday against Smiley, same thing. He, the double he hit in the fourth inning, I mean, if this is the top of the wall, and you can see my hand, this is where the ball hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was if, – if somebody in the first row reached over and put their arm down, it would have hit their arm. That's how close it was to a home run. Jeffrey Mayer wasn't available. <clears throat> Jeffrey Mayer was apparently doing something else. He only sits in right field anyway. We know this. <laughs> um, but it was that close. So that's one of his hits and then one of his long flyouts. A lot of his at-bats don't look that good, though. So, yes, you know, Joe Girardi says the same thing about Chase Headley, who we can talk about in a minute, too. I was you just going to bring him up. You know, you know, he'll say, oh, you know, Head's having some great at-bats, this mm-hmm. and that. Well, Head's hitting 149 with no extra base hits. His OPS is 442. That's not good. There's three guys on the team with a slugging percentage higher than 442, let alone an OPS. Numbers. Now, again, given this left-handed barrage they're facing, that's the the Pee-wee's Playhouse buzzword of the day, left-handed barrage. (laughs) Ah! A switch hitter like Headley is a very (laughs) valuable commodity. He's playing a very good defensive third base and has been all year. It's a great thing I get to see myself on delay (laughs) doing the Pee-wee scream. So Headley's playing a great defensive third base, which, again, if you remember last year, is definitely a change from last year. But the guy's got seven hits, no extra base hits. He struck out 12 times. Ronald Torres, in limited samples, has played very well. Yeah. Do you, I mean, can the Yankees afford to give Headley a day off and say, look, get get your stuff together, get your head right? Well, sometimes doing that, sometimes flat out, straight out benching a guy <clears throat> lights a fire under his rear end. Right. When Alex was sent down to the six hole, what happened in his first at bat? He homered. I mean, sometimes you just got to know what buttons to push, and I think Joe Girardi uh, knows what he's doing as a matter. And again, again with the left, all the lefty stuff. I mean, you know, you would think with Ronald Torres, he's going to play second base, and Castro's going to play short, or he's going to play short. Either way, Didi's going to be out because he's the left-handed hitter. But at some point, you got to be able you you can't platoon multiple positions all year long. I mean, they're already doing it in theory with Aaron Hicks. It's a it's a straight up platoon with somebody. Eventually, they they've got a they've got a hit or. You know, that's it. You got to make a change. Louis Privatera is asking: Is there any chance of bringing Ref Snyder back up to play third? And at this moment, I mean, Ref Snyder started out the season down at Scranton. He was on fire at the plate, and he's kind of cooled off. And what Lou just said with Torre is the way he's playing, uh, the way he started off the season up with the big club. There's not really a need to call Ref <laughs> yeah. Snyder up right now to play third because you could just insert there's him there's there. a non-zero chance because he can play two positions and he's on the forty-man roster and he's a right-handed hitter. Non-zero is a lot closer to zero than one hundred. 
Yeah, right now, I mean, Brett Gardner is your most consistent and best hitter. He's got the best average on the team. He's at 294 with two homers. Uh, Brian McCann is right behind him at 280. Castro and Beltrana are both at 277. Ellsbury's at 258. Didi and Didi's at 250. Tex is at 220. I mean, you've come to expect this from Tex. It's April, and that's pretty much what he does. In Outside April. of last April when he was hot, which was uncharacteristic for him. Right, yes. and he has the second most home runs on the team. Beltron leads the way with four, and Tex has three. Chase Headley um, does lead, lead lead the team in you know non Ellsbury Gardner people in stolen bases. So there is that, and that's a head scratcher. You, yeah. you know, I mean, if you, you had to if you had to guess at the beginning of the season. What Who, Chase Headley is going to be leading the team? <laughs> stolen bases, you know, and you, you, you know, you and, and I assume it was Josh producing yesterday. Josh Isaac, our producer right. for BPTV, and you yesterday, you guys had the graphic up about it and talked a little bit about the stolen base, the speed, and then they did so in the pregame show as well. The Yankees are very aggressive on the base paths. The problem is, A, they don't get there, and B, when they do, that aggressiveness only goes so far if you can't drive them in. Well, it's the same thing at the beginning of the season. You're, you didn't necessarily get length out of the starters, but you got enough out of the starters where they kept you in the game right. to get that fantastic bullpen into the game as well. They weren't hitting. Now, they're not hitting, and the starter, I mean... I have, I mean... Here, the starters right now for the Yankees, look, they lost eight of their last 11. The rotation is at 514. That is 23rd in the major leagues. It's not good. There's no hiding it. It's there in black and white. Opposing teams are hitting 290 with 16 home runs off the Yankees starters. Um, A third of those coming yesterday off Pineda. Yeah. Yeah. What do you give up? Four? Four. Four home runs yesterday. Now, they're going to Texas. Uh, the Rangers hit 198. They were outscored 13 to four, getting swept by the White Sox in Chicago. But uh, stand by. Their last nine. The White Sox are in first place. And their last nine games against the Yankees, the Rangers are six and three. They've scored seven runs per game. Their batting average is 301, and they've got 11 does, holes. Does that last nine include the 21 to five drubbing that saw Diego Moreno make a name for himself last year? Because that's. Yes. They still lost that one by 16 runs, but they still yes. had a pretty good day against uh, right. Chris Capo. They, Chris Capuano. Yeah, they say he's still pitching. God God bless the guy. Um, yeah. but, uh, he has a left arm. You know, this is a situation where you go into Texas, it's not a very friendly ballpark for <clears throat> pitching, right. regardless of who's out there, starters or bullpen. Um, but Nathan Avaldi gets to start tonight. He's from Texas. You would expect him to have a little bit more energy tonight. Maybe has some family. I, I would expect a lot of Yankee fans to be scared and rightfully so. Unfortunately, hot and humid. Here's and the, you're throwing hard and you're throwing it right down the middle. Bad things. Here's the thing. The talk was, you know, Masahiro Tanaka battled on opening day and still had almost a quality start. He was one out away from a quality start. Didn't have a great start his second outing, but it was what about seven degrees that day. Uh, mm-hmm. In his second start, so you know he went uh, five five innings, I think, in Toronto. He was at least in the dome. But his last two starts have been very good. He's gone seven innings in both of them. He had a great start the other night, two great starts last week, actually. The middle of the rotation has been the issue. And Pineda, after yesterday, Michael Pineda is one and two with a six ninety five ERA. He's given up seven home runs in six twelve twenty two innings. That's not good. No. Now, granted, all of those home runs came at Yankee Stadium, 
But that's not good, because that's where he pitches, theoretically, half of his games. Pineda went five innings, gave up six runs in the 16-6 win over Houston, where he was out there to get five innings to save the bullpen, regardless of how bad or how well he was pitching. Six innings, three runs, only two earned, and the 7-2 loss at Toronto. That was the Ivan Nova game where he came in and imploded. So, all right, a pretty good start for Pineda, but not, you know nothing, nothing earth-shattering, but a good start for Pineda. Third start, six innings, two runs, seven hits, seven Ks. They still lost 3-2 to Oakland because they couldn't hit. And then yesterday, you know, he got the first two batters, three strikes, three pitches, three strikes to the leadoff hitter, five pitches, two batters, seven pitches in. He had two outs and two strikes on Longoria, and then the the floodgates open. That's actually about the best of that group. You know, we mentioned Evaldi, five innings, five runs uh, in the first game against Houston, which they won because, again, the offense exploded. Six and two-thirds, four runs, eight strikeouts, still gave up two home runs, lost 4-2 to Toronto. And then the other day, six innings, three runs, eight hits, seven Ks, one walk. They lose to Oakland because, again, the offense can't hit. So that's, you know, like you said, quick math, 6-11 ERA. He's given up 12 runs in 17 and two-thirds innings. Look, you're looking at your, you're looking at your five starters. And as you said, Tanaka has settled down. He's, he's actually given the Yankees length. Uh, yep. Pineda took one for the team. Uh, yesterday and just went out there and threw because Joe Girardi had every right to take him out early, but he, he stuck it out. And he actually and something from Joe's post game too. You know, it, it's head scratching. Here's a guy, what do you have, nine strikeouts? Nine strikeouts, I think one walk. And four home runs. But when you get behind an account 2-0 and you have to lay in a fastball, these are major league hitters. I don't care if it's Tampa Bay I don't yeah. care if it's whatever team it is. They are major league pitcher, uh, uh, hitters. And, and and if you groove one right down Broadway, if you knock on the door and say, here's your meatball sandwich right down the middle, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it, the thing was about it is is that after the first inning, he actually pitched fairly well, all things considered. Uh, he had eight of those nine strikeouts after the first inning, of course. He retired, I believe it was Logan Forsythe was leading off, who later hit a home run. Um, after he gave up those five runs in the first inning, he, he wasn't bad. He gave up two runs in the next four innings and took one for the team, and it had a couple of good innings. But that one inning, just with the way the offense is, you can't you can't have that. And you're looking at, at the Yankees. Tanaka has two quality starts in his last two outings. The rest of the rotation, Pineda has two. Hello? Yeah. Pineda has two. Severino actually has one. And CC dead air brought to you by. So Tanaka has two quality starts and four starts. So the rest of the rotation has four quality starts in 12, 13 now. Because Pineda's made four starts. I, I'd like to agree, and, and it's someone who said it. I, I want to get the name the right. The bullpen's great, but if you can't go six innings or you can't allow well, less than three runs. That's been said on here. Um, and I just want to. Brian Dale brought up the teams of the '80s. They're not quite there, Brian. I don't need to. I don't need to see Matt Noakes and Kevin Moss and Steve Balboni and Eric Plunk and Ed Whitson and all those guys from back you're, in the you're, day. You were dangerously close to becoming that SNL skit with the baseball crews. Where you <laughs> kept naming baseball players. This this, this team is not those teams. It is definitely not those teams. Philip Gugliotti, and I hope I'm pronouncing your name right, Philip. It's still way too early in the year. They'll find their groove. And I tend to agree with that. Yeah. And, 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 you, and you want and need to believe that even if you don't. Right. You, you look to Memorial Day. You look to the end of May. Yep. And then if you're still struggling, then you look at the record and you're looking at guys that are still struggling in the lineup. 
then you have to start thinking, okay, what do we start to do? Are we starting to think more along the lines of, you know, the trading deadline comes around and maybe now instead of Chapman and Miller being key pieces in the bullpen, they're key pieces in rebuilding acquiring something. and sending them somewhere to acquire something. Especially Chapman. And don't think Brian Cashman wasn't thinking about this. You know, looking with the contracts that are off the books next year and having Chapman, and we, we talked about this when the Yankees brought in Chapman and there was some uproar amongst fans about bringing him in with his situation the way it was. But I said, you know, Cashman isn't stupid. He, he's bringing in a piece that... Not only can he solidify the back end of the bullpen if the Yankees need him and they're contending during the year, but if they're not, the flip side of that, somebody's going to need something. Somebody's going to need an right. opportunity. And, you know, the, the thing that's comforting about that is you look at the bullpen as a whole. Avon Nova had the one bad outing, but he's had three really good ones other mm-hmm. than that. So th- the tale of the bullpen right now is this. Miller and Betances are almost untouchable. The other five guys, that's really eight because they've, they've shuttled a few in and out already. The other five guys have also been almost as untouchable with a few hiccups. Nova, you know, you saw him in behind Pineda. His first outing there was at four innings behind Pineda in that 16-6 win. Four scoreless innings. He gave him four hits, five strikeouts. That's the Ivan Nova you were looking for. He came in, of course, in Toronto and got clobbered, as we know. But he had a, um, he had a scoreless inning last week, and then he pitched two and a third behind CC the other night. Same thing, scoreless two Ks. So he's been good on the whole. Jason Shreve gave up two home runs the other night on the first two pitches right. he threw. And then Barbado. Outside of those two pitches, he's been unhittable. Right. Johnny Barbado, outside of the two-run homer he gave up, I believe it was to Canna, has been untouchable. His entire ERA is those two runs do from that Do you think that run. had something to do with, uh, that was the Mariners, right? That was before the race. That was Oakland. Oh, that was that Oakland. Was Oakland. I'm, sorry, that I'm sorry. That, that was uh, Thursday night. But do you think that has anything to do with scouting? Like maybe they saw on video he, he likes to get ahead with a first-pitch fastball? I'm sure it had to do a lot with scouting, considering that the first two pitches Shreve hit were, were taken deep. Um, and same with Barbado. You know, that one, he got the first two outs and then Let, kind of unraveled. Let's do something. What's the Yankees' record right now? What's the Yankees' record right now? I believe seven it's 7-10. It's 7-10. and, ten, right? ten. It's seven and ten. So they have a nine-game road trip. Let's do something that Mike and the Mad Dog used to do all the time. All right, Christopher, let me get. Uh, Mike, let me tell you. All right, nine-game road trip. Uh, what would you sign for for the Yankees right now? Given who the nine games are against, mm-hmm. given where the nine games are, five and four. I'll take five and four. Five and four. Five and four. Which brings them back 12 and 14. Right. And, and in, in 2009, on May 15th, they were 13 and 15, and they won the World Series. Right. I'm not saying they're winning the World Series he, this year, but I'm just putting it in. And here's why I say five and four. You're always going to say you want to win, have a winning road trip or a winning homestead. That said, they're playing three games in Chicago against a first-place team that's hitting very well, pitching very well, and you know they're going to run into Chris Sale. You're going to Boston. You're going to run into David Price, mm-hmm. who, outside of Derek Jeter, is notoriously good against the Yankees. He's learning how to pitch at Fenway. He hasn't been great, but you're going to get that. And then, you know, you avoid Cole Hamels, which is good. But, again, you're facing two lefties in Texas if they bring up a lefty to replace Hamels. you got to win one or two of those games. And if they don't, okay, that's four. got to win the rest. That, plain and simple. That was excellent. That was an excellent breakdown. And I'm so glad the people, not only, you know, they usually just listen to you, 
Right. Now they get to see you. I want you to shave next time, though. All I've done... If I have to shave... All I've done the last four days, literally, is work and sleep. So, yeah. (laughs) Like, you know how you always say this is brought to you by the Starbucks or Five Hour Energy? Oh, yeah. That's where I'm rolling right now, man. I just... Yeah, it's, it's been a long weekend. Uh, look, they're not paying anything, but yeah, Starbucks and Five Hour Energy keep me alive, and the Elm Street Diner gives me sustenance. It <laughs> keeps you alive too. Yes. So there you go. Um, so that, that's what you got to sign up for. Deanna, five Deanna for. said you rocked that breakdown. I just want to. I just want to throw Thank that you. out. There. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, you know, because I did it. Well, no, you know, breakdown. You have to look at it that way, though. You you want a winning road trip, and you say, okay, we're going to face. Two lefties likely in Texas. You're going to run into Chris Sale in Chicago, mm-hmm. and you're probably going to run into David Price in Boston. You got to win one of you those. Know what? I you know something, something has to break the streak. Joe Girardi said the other night in his post-game press conference that with when it came to the hits with runners in scoring position, sometimes you're just looking for that one that gets you going. Baseball's very cyclical. You need it. Well, I've played it my whole life, and I'm not comparing myself to a major league ball player. I would never do that. But you get into funks. You do. And then, like magic, you break out. And it's not just you. Sometimes it's the entire team. Sometimes it's the six through nine hitters. Sometimes it's the one through five hitters. You never know what's going to happen. But the Yankees are not going to be this stagnant all season long. They can't they, be. It's a 162-game season. They have the tools. They have the talent. They have to get to Miller time. That's a Ghostbusters line, by the way. Yes. Did you pick up on that? I did. I don't, we don't have the... I know. The we, fake, can't, we don't we have can't the fake table. dinger. We don't want the camera going down. We don't have the fake ding button. Well, we maybe use. some people out there would want the camera to go down, but I, I don't think... If you like Face for Radio, you'll <laughs> love the Chris Sheeran Show. Isn't that if what you, you said earlier? Faces yeah. for Radio, you'll love the Chris Sheeran Show. Yeah, so... Speaking, speaking of crazy bullpens, one thing I, I want to note mm, before... I'm glad we, you said pens. I thought you were going to say something else. Before we move <laughs> on to the Joe Johnson situation. Scared me. Um, Charleston, the Yankees... Class A affiliate the other night had a five strikeout inning. Now, striking out the side happens a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we yeah. see it. Oh, I struck out the side. Four strikeouts in an inning has happened. A wild pitch, guy gets yeah. on, whatever. Five has happened four times in professional baseball recorded history, and it, the fourth one was the other night. It just so happens that all three of the guys that were quasi involved, the two guys that had the five strikeout inning, quasi involved, quasi involved, uh, <laughs> the two guys that did it, Andrew Schwab, Andrew Schwab, excuse me, and James Reeves. And the starter of the game, Brody Kerner, are all on my list of guys who I hope to get interviews with more in Lakewood later this week. So I can't wait to ask them about that and be like, that's ridiculous. Just you have that on your resume. No, no matter, you know, if, if, if none of the three of those guys ever really make it, for lack of a better way to put it, on their resume for the rest of their life will be involved in that. Now, before we so, change. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Before we change subjects, though, and we're going to do that, uh, we have a couple other things to talk about before we sign off. Um, the prevailing factor here on the comments uh, on our Facebook Live. People want the swish. They need the swish. They need the swish. Yeah. Um, I can't say I don't agree with them. I mean, it would be nice uh, not, not only to to reminisce a little bit, but it's not like the guy isn't hitting down there. He's hitting down there. No, and I'll... I'll and it's not like you're shoehorning him in. Does does he not give you the versatility of maybe a Aaron Judge? But do you want to rush Aaron Judge up in a situation like this if you do DL Alex or you do DL Aaron Hicks? No. I don't think you want to do that. There's plenty of options. You want him to cook. You want him to simmer a little bit more down there on the farm. And Swisher, I think one of the reasons you brought him in 
was if somebody does get hurt, you do have a veteran that has a presence in that clubhouse that, that's been there before. They know what he is. He's hitting. If they're going to bring somebody up, I say. And the, the other thing about it is I'm going to read a couple of comments here about, about Swish just before we move on to. The other thing about that is this. Aaron Judge is a big part of the Yankees' future plans. We know this. We've known this since the day he was drafted. Right. Nick Swisher, for lack of a better way to put it, is not a big no, part of the Yankees' not. future plans. If you bring up a guy like Swisher, you have to look at the other side of, of roster management as well. He's a lot easier to get rid of. And that's a, that's, a, that's a tough way to say it, but he's a lot easier to get rid of. He can, you know, if it takes 15 days and he doesn't hit, all right, we saw what we got, we cut bait, we have other options. Aaron Judge, if he comes up and struggles, then you send him back down. He's still on the 40-man roster. He's still, you know, you're going to end up burning an option year before you need to. There's the, all those minor league mechanics that go into it. And then you're going to have the stink of, well, Aaron Judge was so valued and he came up and he stunk. That's hard. That's a hard stigma to get rid of sometimes for both the player and the team. Now I don't know if this is a uh, if this is the guy's real name or if it's. Um, Are you talking about Michael McClintock? Yes, from Veep. From Veep, <laughs> which is one of my favorite shows. <clears throat> but I'm going to defer to you on this. I'll, I'll give you my opinion. But he says, and I thought about this too because he's right now he's dominating high A Tampa. Yep, and they uh, they mentioned it on the sh- on the game uh, during the game. Yesterday. Yeah, James Caprellian. Is there any chance Michael wants to know if he plays in New York this year? Uh, I don't think he gets all the way to the Bronx, but I think he, he Phil Hughes it through the system this year. I think he might get the triple A by the is end. Is there of any now. chance James Caprillion plays in New York this year? The 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 cheap cop out answer is of course, he's in the system. Uh I disagree with you. And you don't think he gets the triple A? No, I disagree with you in that he doesn't come to the Bronx. Oh really? So there you go, Mike. Luke here's the thing he about, might come here's up. the thing about Caprillion. Again, he's in his early twenties. He's a you know, a college player. Uh, this is his second year in the system. Drafted so last year, right? 23, yeah. I believe. 23 or 24. He's dominating high A. He's too good for that level. Oh, yeah. He's going to be in Trenton within a month. If he has six, eight good starts in Trenton, he'll go up to Scranton in mid-August. Mm-hmm. Early August, mid-August. You may come up against a bit of an innings cap. And we know that the Yankees last year, they didn't have an innings limit on Severino, per se. But they managed his workload in the minors so that if they needed him to come up, he could, and he had enough bullets left in the gun. And we saw what happened. Caprellian, I think, falls somewhere in between that and Jabba Chamberlain in that they'll keep enough bullets in the gun to have him as a reinforcement, not necessarily as a starter mm-hmm. like Severino, but if they need an electric arm in September to boost that bullpen, absolutely. Now, that puts him on the 40-man roster two years before you need to. But if he's that good and he could be challenging for a starting spot come, oh, let's say 2018 when Masahiro Tanaka's opt-out is passed, Avaldi and Pineda are both free agents and CC is gone either way. Mm-hmm. Why not? All right. Not the, that I don't love talking to you and the, doing The comment this. I was going to read, I, I just want to read this. Yeah, yeah, from, you is, go ahead. Is from, we... uh, I hope I'm saying this right, Artie Fan. Uh, Swisher will be very motivated and a different player one season – the lineup being back with the Yankees will give him a spark, and he will give the Yankees a spark. We talked about that last week, yeah, too, the Shelly Duncan syndrome. Yes, absolutely. Just that little boost of energy, if anything else, you never know. All right, so I just, I lo- like I said, I love doing this with you. When we used to do it in my office, apparently it's too small to get us into the same shot, but whatever it is, what it is, we're here, and we're doing it, and it looks great. We're in our conference room. Um, 
I just I, this interaction with the fans is tremendous. So Alex Diaz, you're up first. I'm just going to rip through these really quick. Alex says the time is now. If you're 10 games back, the All Star break start dealing. If you're still not hitting, time's awaiting. I want to see the Yankees dynasty again. Really quick on that, Alex. Um, I think the Yankees have to take a page out of the Red Sox playbook if that's the case. I think you do have to spin Mm -hmm. Chapman, and I think you do try to spin Miller, and you see what you can get for it. And you may try to see if you can spin either Tex or Beltran, if one of them will waive their no trade. Because, you know, Tex is definitely playing after this year. Tex doesn't want to go anywhere. No, but... but if the Yankees sell to him as, hey, you know... And Beltran has mentioned he wants to play yep. past this year, so it, both of those guys. And let me tell you what, if Kansas City needs a bat at the All-Star break or at the trade deadline and the Yankees are out of it and Carlos Beltran gets a chance to oh, go back to Kansas City for the postseason, yeah. he might waive his no trade. Heck yeah. Steven so. Engelhart, will Seve live up to his hype like uh, last year at the end? I think so. The kid has electric stuff. He'll put it together. He's, he's pitched the best of the guys in the middle. Still hasn't pitched great, but he's also 22. Right. 21. I, so. I think he'll put it together. Um, did James Caprellian have Tommy John? No. Timmy Dolan asked I don't believe that. so, no. Uh, Lou doesn't think so. Uh, Not yet, anyway. I mean, you have to kind of preface it with that. Somebody brought up Judge uh, Mike Marola. Judge needs more at-bats before bringing him up. You bring him up, no, and he struggles on now. Uh, that's supposed to be any struggle. Team struggles can hurt his progression. It's I exact, agree with that. That's exactly what I just said. That's that's a tough stigma to get out of. Somebody, you know, brought up Bryce Harper. Uh, Aaron Judge is older than Harper. Harper is a veteran. Why wait? Uh, do or don't. There is no wait. Uh, nice Yoda, John Reardon. But um, Aaron Judge isn't Bryce Harper. Uh, Christian Kuropakis? Yes. That's actually a very good point, too. Chris Sale played like 12 games in the minors before pitching for the Sox. I see Cap doing something similar. It might be a little bit more than 12, and it may be even a full season. But, yeah, again, if that, the guy has – so did Jabba. If the guy has that kind of arm, why not? Mike Leak didn't pitch at all in the minors. So, Kelly, Kelly Leak didn't pitch either. No, but he is batting 800 this season. He drives a Harley Davidson. And he did play the entire outfield. Does that turn you on, well. Harley Davidson? <laughs> Ding. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Um, John Murphy, Swish Alyssis should be a coach if he can't hit anymore. Seriously, that personality is a big asset like everyone points out. So, John, you brought that up. I want to give you some cutting room floor uh, stuff on Swish for my interview in Scranton. I actually brought that up as we were rapping as he was getting mic'd up. Uh, it was on tape, but we didn't use it. And I asked him, you know, if, if, if you find out that this is, this is the end and, and, you know, you don't catch on anywhere – do you want to coach? Do you want to be in the broadcast booth? And he's just such in a mindset, John, that he's not done, that he couldn't even fathom. He Obviously, he has the personality to, to do broadcasting. Um, but as Lou brought up in our last podcast, you know, can he get through? I mean, yeah, he's, a nine-inning game, studio maybe not, but studio analyst, yeah. I could definitely see him on a studio show. Uh, for any MLB network, Fox, whatever. But I did bring that up, so I just wanted to throw The Yankees that out. had a player not too long ago named John Murphy. He was uh, from my high school. He's now a coach, I believe, at Boston College, and, as a matter uh, of fact. So there's a little co- coach connection there for you, a little aside. Harry Might Re- be the same guy. I don't know. Ha- Harry Rivera, Swish is another DH, cannot play in the field anymore. That is not true. As I mentioned earlier first in the base. show, he's played five games at first base and four at DH for Scranton. 
And uh, he's got to be more useful than Pablo Sandoval at this point, right? Well, I mean, golly, I mean, when you come to spring training, how, how many years is that contract? A lot. Yeah, three more. And after a lot this of money. Um, as 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 much as Chase Headley has struggled, by the way, think about the fact that the Red Sox gave Sandoval another year and almost double the money. So think about that. People are like, oh, why are you saying Could be Pablo Sandoval. Yeah, John. Um, yeah, that's exactly the point. He says uh, most players have a tough time letting go of playing the game. And it's obvious that Swisher shouldn't necessarily let go and play the game. Because uh, let go of playing the game. Because he's hitting the ball right now. He's, he's doing well. Teams need designated hitters. If, even if that's all he can do. As long as he can hit. He's got some time left in him. He's 35. I mean, he's got time. Yeah. Uh, we're running a little over, but I'm kind of digging the, the the feedback and going back and forth. But I do want to – When has time constraints ever stopped I us? know. It never we, we made our name on the magic hour. I know. And now it's the magic two-thirds of I was hour. supposed to – I have, you well, know, almost recorded kids in the business one. that are just starting out, kids in college, kids in high school. I set up times for them to call me. That – I just had to decline a call from somebody that I set up for 315. I feel bad. I didn't think we were going to be going this long. But I, I will get to him in a bit. I texted him. Everything's fine. But I wanted to bring up a couple more things before we move on. And the first thing is – and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. If there's some Yankee questions here that we could answer before we leave, we'll do that too. But Deflate Gate is back, and I can't stand it. I mean, enough. We have a U.S. federal appeals court, a U.S. United States federal appeals court, wasting time on a dude who plays a sport who deflated some footballs. Let that sink in. A U.S. federal Appeals court. What the hell is going on? And Tom Brady is now suspended for the first four games of the season. Card- All about balls. Cardinals, Dolphins, Texans, Bills. He's going to miss those four games. Now, I'm not good with the law. I, I obey it. I, I'm just not good at understanding. Can he still appeal? Now, can he appeal this decision? Or is this decision now... I mean, did they overrule a circuit court judge and now the federal supersedes that? I have no idea. Is Roger Goodell still employed? Yes. All right, then there's bigger mysteries in the universe to figure out than what the hell's going on with this. But anyway, Tom Brady, yeah, he's suspended for the first Speaking of, the NFL draft is this week. The Eagles are going to draft a quarterback at number two, and Sam Bradford's going to get mad, and my summer is going to be fantastic. (laughs) Deanna's sticking around for the football talk. Go, Birds. She said Brady is an idiot. Well... Maybe I'll make that a Twitter poll. Later. I can't. Uh, is Brady an idiot? Yes. Damn yes. Uh, Hell yes. Could, uh, before we go, you could follow Lou on Twitter, at Lou DePietro, yes. And I'm at Chris Sheeran, yes. Just look us up on the Twitter machine. If you're not following us already, please do so. And I want to thank you, and I so does Lou, for hopping aboard for the maiden voyage of this. Joshua um, McCabe says Joe Girardi should have been fired in 2012 because a lot of teams fire managers after they win the division and get to the ALCS. That yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. And, you 2013, know, you might have had a better chance, buddy. Try again. Joe Girardi uh, takes a lot of vitriol on the Twitter. He, he takes, you know, there's a lot of hatred that goes around with this guy. Let me let me tell you something. Joe Girardi is a very cerebral manager. He's a very good manager. Um, what happened in 2009? They won a damn World <laughs> Series, and this team has progressively gotten older. And Joe takes a lot of heat for giving guys rest and 
But the entire you know, things. the yeah. entire point of him doing that early on in the season is because he had so many of his stars not produced the way they did in the first half last season. Take Brett Gardner. He played with an injury from July on. What he's trying to prevent last August. Right. He's trying to prevent That's last August. That's what he's doing. Look at the root word of manager. Manage. That's his job. That's what he has to do. Now, I, I understand that you get a little nuts sometimes. He pulls a pitcher early, whatever. But the Yankees are in good hands with that guy as the manager, in my estimation. There's not a lot of teams that can retool. They're not rebuilding. They're retooling. And there's not a lot of teams that can retool and still finish over five. And another thing. This team should, what is it, two years ago? 2014, they didn't make the playoffs? They but didn't they, make the playoffs. But they yet. won 83, 84 games? Uh, 85 and 80, I believe it's 85 and 84. They shouldn't have sniffed 85 and 84 games with all the injuries they had. And yet this guy takes all this hate and vitriol. He's a great manager. Not good. Great. Look at what the Brooklyn Nets did this year with all their chaos. Versus what the Yankees did a couple years ago with all their chaos. When David Adams, Luis Cruz, Lyle Overbay... Vernon Wells, Ben Francisco, Brent Lillibridge. Do you want me to keep going with names of guys that would make an awesome AAA team? Remember that, that were starting and playing significant games? Now, th- if we have any young fans out there watching, this might not resonate with you, but it might resonate with Lou. Remember that when you were in art class in grammar school and they put like that brown paper towel in front of you and you had to use paste? And you put the big glob of paste on the brown paper towel. And then you sat there and you had to take your pinky and you put it in the paste. And you went like this on the paper. And you put up. That's what Joe Girardi did those seasons. He basically took that paste. Threw a dart against the dartboard at the wall to figure out who was playing where. Watched the kid across from, you know, dip in and eat it. But he was actually able to piece together 84 and 80. Don't talk about Bobby Valentine like that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. That Deanna. wasn't. A, it wasn't a great season for Bobby V either. Deanna, that the paste was gross. I think I did sample. It was like a 1979 sampling of uh, of paste. Well, that's the vintage. I think I was six. It's a vintage year, 1979. Yeah, you're in kindergarten. You know, you take a little pinky full. You. You see somebody else doing it, put a little between your lip and gum. You're drawing hand turkeys. I mean, this yeah. is, things are just out of you control. Know. Anyway. He's like, where were we? <laughs> love loose face. He's like, where are you going with this? <laughs> That's B. Dale, by the way. Um, one more thing before we leave. I don't know, Brian. Neither does uh, he. It's just something uh, I found very uh, eyebrow raising, and it has nothing to do with the Yankees, and I know – there's not going to be any, you know, if, if people are basketballed out, I'm sorry. But uh, I did the Nets all this season, and Joe Johnson was quoted saying, honestly, this season in Brooklyn, it was a tough situation playing with a lot of young guys, stat-chasing guys that didn't really want to win. And in an organization that really was trying to put a team around guys like Brooke Lopez, Thaddeus Young, and myself to help us at least fight for a playoff spot. So when I sit back and looked at that, I realized it was no reason to even stick around for the fallout of that situation. So obviously he's not talking about Thad. He's not talking about Brooke. He's talking about the young guys looking for. I, I believe I believe in the team. tweet where you you shouted out to Nets another tweet Facebook post maybe where he shouted out to Nets Daily for this. It right. was it was the Ellington Larkin Boyan Thomas Robinson quartet that seems like who he was talking to or talking about. Maybe Jarrett Jack. 
Maybe. But it doesn't seem – I mean, a lot of the guys in the in the bottom of the bench didn't get a lot of run while J.J. was there. Well, that just goes so, to show – it proves – I know Brian Dale is a huge Net fan, so I bring it up for him too. Just one of the people watching. I don't know if anybody else is a Net fan, but um, two days after he left Brooklyn, Johnson signed with the Heat, obviously, and he said immediately felt – reinvigorated by the intensity of his teammates. There was an urgency every game. In 24 regular season games, he played for Miami, averaged 15 points per 36 minutes and shot just under 52% from the field. The Heat are going to bring him back. They like him so much. And the last line of the article from Nets Daily, what was Sean Mark saying about culture again? That's what the Nets have Well, you know, Devin, Devin talked about it. We talked about Thomas Robinson specifically with what he wants versus what he's capable of giving. And, Look, I did the I did the the last postmortem on the Nets for YesNetwork.com last week. Joe Johnson was fourth in points on the team, despite the fact that he left in mid February. So, whatever stat chasing they were doing, they weren't doing a very good job of it. Yeah, and yet what twenty one wins? Yeah. So I think we're gonna punch out. Uh, we'll be back with more hijinks and hilarity and movie lines that. You know, we throw are out we there. Friday this week? Surreptitiously. Are we doing Friday this week? Is that our I said show? Thursday, but if you want to do Friday. Uh, we I, do Friday. Well, I'm in Lakewood on Thursday, so we're going to have to All do right, Friday. All right, so yeah. Friday. Mm-hmm. Let me, well, you guys can hear you me. Can I don't it, have yeah. to type it. Just used to doing it on yeah, radio. Yeah, unfortunately this week, yeah, we're, we're in Lakewood. Uh, Matt Stucco and I, as I mentioned before, we're going down to talk to some of the Charleston River Dogs when they're, that's as close as they get, unfortunately. The South Atlantic League doesn't come very far north. So uh, it's either there or Hagerstown. <laughs> That's pretty much the best. Hey, uh, everybody's saying it was great talking to us. It was great talking to you uh, through Facebook Live. Uh, I want to thank Kevin Sullivan, our um, internet guru over there. He runs YesNetwork.com here for us. And I, like, I want to thank him for actually being the cameraman, setting up this tripod for us to make this um, possible today. I had fun. This is great. Great way to interact with the fans. I, I have fun every time we do this, but I mean, this adds another dimension to it. It adds another element, little little interaction, lets us know we're doing something. Right? Yeah. So we're glad you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back again on Friday after Lou comes back from Lakewood, and uh, we'll keep this uh, train rolling. For Lou DePietro, yes, at Lou DePietro, yes, on the Twitter machine. I am at Chris Sheeran, yes. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for watching.